0: Well good morning. good morning. Come on church, you're excited to be here today? Yes. What a great day to be together with each one of you. Excited today we celebrate our six year anniversary. Amazing to see what God has done and at the same time excited to see what God is going to do. You feel that way in your life sometimes? Like You get to a birthday, you get to a big day, you get to a moment, you, get to a, you landed that job, you had that child, whatever it might be, that goal that you had set. And you're excited and you celebrate it but you know it's only the start of something else god is doing it's only a piece of the puzzle and i believe that is what we feel today is we're thrilled we give thanks to god as we look around and see how much he's done but why i am more excited than i've ever been because of where i believe god is taking us and what's going to happen next here in our church amen, amen. come on i'm glad to be here if you're new here this morning welcome to the avenue my name is dave and That's my wonderful wife sitting there at the end of the front row. And she and I pastor this church. We love it. God called us to it. And six years ago, we started it. Uh, We had 163 people at that first service. Had 11 people give their lives to Jesus. And from there, we grew backwards all the way down to about 60 people. (laughs) You ever grow backwards in life? (laughs) And then we hit that. I think it was 68. I think that was the number we hit. 68. And then from there we move forward and that's typically what happens. It wasn't just we were one off uh churches plant and they go that direction and um and then we've seen God do some amazing things and so so excited because of this day and what it represents. Uh there is a lot going on. Let me give you a couple quick upcoming events that we have uh happening. So tonight is Growth Track. Growth track is a place that you can on ramp into the avenue Uh, If you want to join the church, if you want to find out more about the church, or you want to discover more about yourself, it happens in there. And as you go through that discovery, uh, it's just a start. Just think of it that way. It's just the beginning of this new phase of my life that God begins to help unlock some things of why am I on earth and what am I doing here? And you discover some things about yourself. It happens this evening, the first Sunday night of every month at Brandon and Lori's house, and they'd love to have you there this evening. You can go online and register at myavenue.church forward slash growth track and sign up there to be a part of that. It's not too late. Also tomorrow night we have our winter revival. We began doing this last year, and the Monday night following our anniversary we'd have a one-night revival service, and so we have a guest coming in tomorrow evening excited for that, and just going to be a big night. So come out and bring somebody. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, as we have a Uh, uh, just a a service in the middle of the week, or the beginning of the week, I should say. It'll be different. Uh, We're expecting God to do some amazing things. We believe that the church, when the church is revived, that then all of a sudden we start seeing other things change around us as well. And so uh, it's going to be a challenge, I promise you. Tomorrow afternoon, you're going to be like, oh, I wanted to go tonight, but I was planning on being there except had to work late, running into traffic, kids throwing up, all kind of stuff i got a 5-year-old, 10-year-old, I know all about it, 17-year-old. It will happen, and you just have to set your mind to it and say, I'm going to be there. And when you get here, I promise you, you will not regret it. If you walk out that door and go, man, it wasn't worth it. I wish I hadn't come. It was a waste of my time. I will apologize Apologize to you, but I promise you, it won't be the case, and you'll be glad that you were here. We look forward to what God's going to do tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock. Our marriage conference that we're joining another church for at their place happens next weekend. You can register register for that as well uh, on the website. Uh, The youth have a one-night conference coming up on February the 18th. It's a Sunday evening, which we're super excited about as the kids are getting ready for the first time they're doing this. So if parents want to volunteer and say, I want to be a part, I want to volunteer and be there, we'd love to have some extra help that evening as well. You can see Albert and Brittany. And then also the women's retreat is happening in April. This is always a highlight of the year for our ladies here at the avenue and so see my wife or go to the website you can sign up uh, and register there are spots that are spots are limited so make sure you get on board with that as well again lots going on many things happening so make sure you're doing something and of course small groups have launched and so small group season is here make sure you're in a group uh join a group you can be in more than one group you can go to a group and if you wasn't your favorite group you can pivot everybody say pivot go to another group just don't do groups. Find the group that fits you, that you love to be in, do life with those people and uh and expand your community in life as well. As we began the year, we had a word, I believe a word from God for the year, for the year 2024 and that word was movement. And so, uh we really have embraced that word and we're we're creating all of our themes around that word and really building this thought, this idea. And it really fits well to where we are because even as the avenue we exist to move people from where they are to where God wants them to be. Movement is always vital in your spiritual journey. Your life is more spiritual than it is physical. There's a lot more going on than what you see with your natural eyes. And so if you just stand still and you just stagnant, you become like a pond, you begin to get that thing on the top of you growing over you. You wonder why my life isn't flourishing, it's not developing, it's not blooming, it's because you don't have a place that it's pushing out to and serving helps that and doing different things help uh, give you a release out. So we exist to move people. You be like a river that flows, it moves, it it turns. And so this this morning we are going to just do a one-off. Just a simple message in itself. Next week we begin a brand new series on relationships and it's going to be great. I can't wait. I've been working on this series for probably what, four or five months? Uh, Really just trying to build it out. Uh, we have a team that's been working on it as well. We're going to be talking about topics like, for all the single people, how to be single and satisfied. Come on. Anybody? Come on. Like, there is, there, there is a way in your singleness to realize that being married doesn't complete me. I can be satisfied as I am. I didn't get married till I was 29. I do have space to speak into this. I didn't get married at 18, and didn't I lived quite a bit of my adult life single. And so, now, if you're married, you're like, what? Pastor, what Sunday will that be? Because I won't be here that Sunday because you're just talking to single people. No, there's still plenty of application to be had for everybody, for each one of us in our lives. I'd invite you to come out because then we'll have a Sunday where we're talking about how to keep our marriages strong. We're talking about how to date if you're single, if you're, if you're raising teenagers, how to talk to your kids about sex, how to have a conversation with your children because you need to own that conversation. Their friends don't, their school doesn't other people don't, culture doesn't, I'm going to give you a book, I'm going to give you a a, a book to find that will really help an application point, so you can read this and be like, this is the conversation I need to have, I just didn't know how to have it, where do I start, it's fantastic, it's going to be a great series, I invite you to come out, begins next weekend, bring somebody with you, don't tell them why you're bringing them, if they got like relational challenges, just be like, it's a good time to come visit the church, It's going to be a fun series. Today is just a one-off, uh, but I really think it's a fitting word. I believe that it's a word that fits where we are right now. It's our sixth year anniversary. So I went to the sixth book of the Bible, the book of Joshua, and I went to the sixth chapter of the sixth book of the Bible, and I found myself in a well-known story about Joshua and the walls of Jericho. Now, if you know this story, if you know anything about it, if you grew up in church, there was even a little song we sang, Joshua and the Battle of Jericho. I may mean, all remember this song? Anybody? When the walls came tumbling down, you thought I was gonna sing it, you are wrong. <laughs> Not happening, it takes too much time. But in this story, I think we can really pull out of it some truth. Here's why because the Avenue has its sixth anniversary today, but we're entering into our seventh year. And I think that's significant to understand that even though we're six now, we're entering into the seventh year. Six is the number of man. It's the number of incompleteness. It's the number of humanity trying to be like God but not achieving it. Seven is the number of perfection. It's the number of God. It's the number that that God uses for completeness. And so we are entering into our seventh year now and I believe then prophetically to encourage you, we're going to see God begin to do things and complete things that he said he was going to do. We're going to see God fulfill promises that he has made to us. We're going to see God do things that we've only been praying and hoping for for years because we're stepping into that seventh year now. Does anybody believe what I'm saying? So Joshua chapter 6 is where we're going to dive into, but I want to give you one verse from the New Testament before because I need to set this up. Hebrews chapter 10 says this. You need, look at somebody say, "You you need. You know, I really feel like I'm going to start preaching when I start having you talk back. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. Joshua chapter 6 verse 1, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out, no one came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horn in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. And when you hear the sound of a long trumpet blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Come on, shout. Yeah, you didn't shout. You just kind of did the church, you know. Like. Come on, I want to. I, like, there's got to be a shout inside of you. Like, we're celebrating today. Did you see the confetti on the floor? My, like, OCD is all over the place because I want to pick up every little piece everywhere and I have to just walk by it. Like, no, that's a celebration confetti. That confetti reminds me of why we're celebrating today. So, inside of your celebration, there should be a little shout. So, give me a real shout. One, one two, three. Yeah! That's better. There should be a shout inside of you and inside of me. Where was I? Verse 6. So Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. He ordered the army, advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. And when Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priest who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time the trumpets were sounding, but Joshua had commanded the army, Do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, and do not say a word until I tell you to shout. Then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once, the army would return to camp and spent the night there. Verse 12, Joshua got up early the next morning and the priest took up the ark of the Lord. The priest carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord, blowing the trumpets, and the armed men went, before, went ahead of them and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. And so on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp and they did this for six days. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak, marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you this city. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you this morning. For what you've done here god we have expectation and hope because when we look past we look behind us we know that you're setting us up for even more in the future this morning god i pray that you speak to our hearts our minds god unlock things in our lives that seem like they've been locked down open our ears and our eyes the hearts to hear see and to experience you like we never had before in jesus name we pray everybody said Amen. i think that relationships are often the funniest when you have people of opposites in them so if it's marriages or just you see people dating or you just have a friend maybe it's just a good friend of yours and it's like a, a bff friend like it's your best friend but you're just opposites it's not much fun when you see people together and they're clones like you're just like your spouse like for the rest of us for you that's great for the rest of us it's no fun at all there's no humor in looking at you and we just see the same person times two. Like you assume something and they assume something and you arrive at the same conclusion. For you, that's great. For us, that's boring. Anybody married to somebody that you just are so, just you think on the same track as them? Oh, good. So, so Tara and I are not like that at all. Like if she assumes something and I assume something, one of us will end up in like this continent and the other will end up in this continent. If we said, hey, let's go on vacation, one of us is buying tickets and the other one is sleeping in. <laughs> like it's just two different worlds, two different places to come to. It's funny when you have these people of opposite thought patterns, attitudes, behaviors, the way that they demonstrate themselves are just completely different in their friendships, their relationships, their marriage. One person wants to talk a lot and the other one is of very little words. Like one person would just open up the conversation and they give you complete context for everything that's in the conversation. So the story is, and if Tara was telling you the story, she would give you a very succinct version of it. She's a detail-oriented person. She'd give it to you. But in 30 seconds, you would understand who, what, where, when, why, and how. Beware if you ask me the same question. Go get a cup of coffee and start your watch. I'll give you context. Now, before we answer that question, let me give you context for why we did what we did. Anybody know somebody I'm talking about this morning? Are you that person too? If you just like, somebody asked, like you just got to go into the details, get down into the weeds of it. Now, that's not that one is right and one is wrong. It's just the long and the short of the conversation. It's just that two people approach the same subject, the same thing, the same way, but that manifests differently. But the outcome, because of personalities, because of the way that we're designed, looks different. And so one person can be direct. See, I am a very direct person, and so I kind of cover it up with all of this fluff of why and how, instead of just going directly to it, because I don't want to offend you. Tara is so sweet, she can just go straight to it, and nobody's offended by it. This is exactly what we have in the picture that we just read this morning. So in these contrasting verses, we have the long and the short of it. We have Ephesians 10.36, For you have need of perseverance, so that when you have done the will of God, you can receive His promise. Man, that's great right there like it's a real on Instagram. Go to the next one. I got that word, word for the day, word for the year. My life is set. I got that word. But how that word plays out in your life, Joshua 6. How you see that come to pass in your life, Joshua 6. Because you get a word from God and you don't get a timeline. God says, trust me, and he doesn't give you a time frame. God says, I'm going to do it, and he doesn't tell you when. He says, count on it, it's done, and he doesn't tell you how. And this is the way God works, and it can be frustrating if you don't understand it, or it can be faith-building if you do, because the challenge is, am I going to get frustrated at God, or am I going to walk in faith? All throughout the Scripture, go through the whole Word of God, and you'll see this pattern over and over. Jesus dies. Jesus dies. Married, comes back to life, spends time with the disciples and 500, and they gather on this mountain, the Mount of Olives, and they watch him, and he stands there and he goes, Oh, it's time for me to go away. I'm out of here. I'll be back. Levitates off the ground into the clouds, disappears. The angels appear, and they say, The same way you saw him go, he shall appear and return to you again. Well, that's good news. And you know the disciples had to walk away going... Well, today's Sunday, so when should we expect him back? By noon tomorrow? Like by lunchtime? 2,000 years later. Come on, church. Two millennia later, and we're still waiting on the promise. You have need of perseverance, so when you have done the will of God, you can receive what he has promised. Generation after generation after generation has believed it and has died, and we're still waiting on his return. And listen to me, we don't have a time frame, but we do believe. And he is coming back, and he's going to take us off this earth, and we shall forever be with him again. the challenge is, can you persevere? It's the long and the short of it. It's the way that God approaches our lives. He's more than happy to make you a promise. He just doesn't give you time frame, the blueprints, the how-to. Look at the promises of God all throughout Scripture in your life. And sometimes they seem to take a long, long time to pass. You find yourself waiting and wandering, believing with bated breath. That God's going to do what he said he was going to do. It used to really impress me. I used to really be impressed by people that had the faith to begin something. A startup. A church. It used to really, it impressed me to watch somebody start something in their life. Now I'm more impressed with somebody that has the fortitude to finish. Now I look at life and I'm like, wow, starting wasn't that difficult Finishing is. The fortitude to stay in the fight is more challenging than it is to start the fight. Anybody can pick a fight. Can you finish the fight? Anybody can have kids. Can you parent the kids? Anybody can get married. Can you stay married? Anybody can start a church. Can you pastor a church when it doesn't look like the way you had in mind? Six years in and we're still leasing space in a building. Anybody can join a church. Can you stay with the church if the church hurts you or they don't meet your expectations or they're asking you to serve? But I wasn't scheduled. I didn't get an invite. I wasn't on PCO. I don't know what that means. Join the dream team. Can you stay with the church even when? Because it's easy to join, but it's a fortitude to finish. Six years in, there's, I face this question a lot like, what's the church doing? Where's the church at? How's the church going? And I have to answer by faith because, of course, inside of us, the picture we have now is not the picture I had when we started this thing out. But again, that picture, where did I get that picture from? Who gave me that picture? God just said, go play in city. A couple of the words that God gave us as we were praying about this. One was he said, there are people praying for a pastor. I'm sending them you. I was like... That's a good word. Okay. I didn't get any other details. I don't know who those people are. Maybe you're here today. And six, seven years ago, you were praying for a pastor. Oftentimes, when we get a word from God, a promise from God, it's there and it lands and it encourages us. And God sets back to wait and see. Do you have the faith to finish? To hold on? That's why I think this word is so important today. As we enter the seventh year, as we enter into what God is doing next, as we celebrate what he has done in corporately as a church, but then also in your life, because I promise you there are many people out here that if I took a poll and went down and gave you a piece of paper and a pen, you would stop and say, here is what God has told me and I'm still waiting. I'm still wondering, I'm still believing, but I'm in church so I can't lie, I doubt sometimes. Sometimes. So let me give you a, a couple of thoughts this morning, because all over the room are promises yet to be fulfilled in the people that love God. I think you love God with all of your heart. I think you really want to follow God with everything, but you're wondering, why is it I haven't seen that thing happen just yet? So this message is for people in the middle, in the waiting, and it's, I think, appropriate for each one of us in one way or another. Let me give you some handles on how to walk through the waiting time. What do you do, number one, when movement seems delayed? When movement seems delayed. We see God talking with the general, Joshua, and having this conversation, and God has put him in place. Moses is dead, and Jericho is the problem that keeps them from possessing the promise. Verse 1 says, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites, and no one went out, and no one came in. Jericho was scared. The city itself was afraid of the Israelites, of Joshua. They had heard what happened to Pharaoh in Egypt. They heard how they crossed the Red Sea. They heard all of these things. And now they knew they're right here at our doorstep. We're afraid. So they securely locked the whole city up. They fortified it. Jericho was not that big of a city, but it was well fortified. And they locked them out. What do you do sometimes when you feel locked out? Locked out of your promise. Locked out of what God promised you. I think too many times we don't realize, we look at life like we're locked out. Actually, if you look at Jericho from this perspective, you realize the people were locked in. The promise that God was given was way bigger than one city. The promise was the entire land. But that city is what they had to go through to conquer and get to the final conquest. It was a piece of the puzzle the city had locked themselves inside have you ever heard this expression they're more scared of you than they are than you are of them bees hello somebody Bzz, bees that's what they tell me every time i see a bee i hate bees the bee wants to sting me like bees have a vendetta against me for life and somebody else said oh the bee is more scared of you than you are of the bee I'm like i'm not scared of the bee i just hate the bee <laughs> i think the people of israel thought Wait a minute, we're locked out. No, no, no. The people of Jericho were locked in and they were scared. Too many times with our promise and our blessing, it's in a place, it's secured. It's not going anywhere. It's waiting for us to acquire it, to achieve it, to put our hands on it. But there comes a problem, there comes a point where we have to get to the place where we can get that done. Because sometimes verse two in your life follows verse one and it doesn't make any sense. Verse 2 says, the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. God, why did you put that second? He said the city of Jericho was securely barred up and fortified and locked. Then he says, see, I have delivered it into your hands. Why does God speak in the past tense about something that is not yet done? He just said the city was fortified and locked up and barred and we we weren't welcome there. Then he goes and says, but I have given the city into your hands, as if we already had acquired the city. God speaks in the past tense about what he has yet to do in your life. God uses futuristic language to speak to you about things you have not yet done, but he knows you can do, will do, in order to pull us to that place because it puts a craving inside of you. It puts a draw in you to pull you to that place so what do you do when what you see doesn't look like anything god said how do you act in life how do you approach it what do you do when everything you see doesn't look like what god said god said that city is yours jo- joshua went back to verse one and said but you just said it was locked down how is a lockdown city mine see the devil loves to block your perspective One of his favorite things to do is to use your problems to block your perspective. He'll use the problems you have in order to disqualify you and make you believe that the promise is not yours because he can't control and dictate whether or not God gives you the promise. He can only influence you to give up on believing for it. So if he can discourage you into a place of quitting, failing, falling down, not getting back up, and walking away... That's the best way he can prevent God's promise from coming true in your life. If he can get you to believe your marriage can't get fixed, he doesn't have any control over whether or not God heals it. But he can get you to believe that God won't. He can get you to believe that you can't forgive. He can get you to believe that you can't be redeemed. He can get you to believe that it's, it is finished and it will never be the same again. But if you can get past all of those lies and get your perspective to a place to believe that God can heal anything, that anything that comes in contact with Jesus can be redeemed and restored, then God can get you to believe the promise that he's given you. Yeah, is. This is what praise is. People are like, well, I don't know, I that song wasn't my favorite. Who cares? I don't care if the song, it's not always my favorite. It may not even be Pastor Jessica's favorite. It's God's favorite. Like we don't like singing songs about us around here. We want vertical songs about him. I don't need to be lifted up in this place. He does. Here's why. Because my problems are already in front of me. I don't need to know more about my problems. I need to know about my God. So if I can use praise to get past my problem, my perspective changes, and suddenly I get my eyes on that promise because the problems are already there. So I need to sing a song that picks me up and gives me courage to go, oh, I'm well aware of my deficiencies. I'm already aware of the things in my life that are flawed, but I got a perfect God that I can worship. See, I've learned this. I've learned you see people that worship big, it's because they had a big struggle. People that kind of just haven't been through a lot, haven't discovered how good God is, I really am convinced, it's not absolute, but it's just my opinion, that they nece- they haven't necessarily really discovered God to be a God of his word and really fulfill every promise. You see somebody just kind of throw out a frisbee worship sometime like, keep on running, keep on running, running back to you. Like, Maybe you didn't ever run that far from God, or you never really uh, experienced God running after you. But people that experience the love, the grace, the mercy, the redemption, the restoration power of God, sometimes they're like, the field goal is good. God is good. I can't stop loving you, God, because I remember where I was. See, you get your eyes off of your problem and onto your provider, And it does everything about what's inside of you and changes your perspective. If the devil can get you to look at all of the challenges, all the flaws, all the deficiencies, all the problems, all the reasons why it won't come to pass, then I'm telling you it's hard to worship God. But worship gets you to a place where you begin to use that futuristic language and go, God, you said it. I'm going to possess it. I'm going to receive it. It's not done. It's not tangible. But I'm believing you for it. It doesn't always make sense. But if you want to see the victorious, you maybe not, you don't always have to do the rational. There are times in life when you just have to put your spirit. I love that testimony Nicole had where she realized that her physical body is not what is in charge, it's your spirit. And your spirit rises up and tells your hands, hey, hands, open up and worship God. And your hands are arguing. Your flesh is like, well, but why? He hasn't done what he said he was going to do yet. We're going to worship him and believe that he will. He tells the people of Jericho, hey, hey when you get to walking around that wall, when you walk, walk, don't talk. <clears throat> Excuse me. He says, walk and don't talk. Well, why not? Don't talk, people. Don't talk. Well, why not, Jericho? Joshua? We want to have a conversation. I think God literally looked at those people and thought, you are the next generation. The children are the complainers. I don't want you talking about this. Because too many times we allow our words, we allow what we see to dictate what we say. So they saw a fortified city, a walled place, and you can imagine, okay, can't use my sword, spear, shield, I got to walk into this thing, and all I'm doing is walking. Get my steps in, getting some cardio But i'm not talking and i think god literally thought i don't want you to speak a single word against what i'm about to do because that generation before you complained and that's why they're not here they didn't believe they saw the land they touched it they realized it was going to be theirs but there was a problem There were giants in the land, and they did not have the faith to believe that God could evict the giants and give them the victory. So they used language and said, it's too much. We can't do it. It can't be done. And God said, because you don't believe, you'll wander. And when that whole generation finally dies, now I'll take the next generation and give the land to them. But when he gives the land to them, he says, hey, no talking. No talking. Your parents complain too much. I believe too many times we use our words to curse what God has already blessed. So the challenge this morning is what are you saying about your life? What are you saying about your calling? What are you saying about your marriage? What are you saying about your church? What are you saying about God's blessings? What are you saying about your Savior? What are you saying? What words are you use? Are you so- talking about what you see? Or are you talking about what you believe? And the difference oftentimes is much greater than we think unless we can get our vision and our perspective solely on god then we can talk about what we see i'll give you an example i recently in the beginning of the year god changed something about me throw me a bottle of water please god changed something about my life and what was going on and the things that i was saying Because oftentimes I'll go to different places and God will say, and somebody will say something to me like, hey, Pastor, hey, Dave, like, y'all have a building yet? You have a land? What's God doing? And I would simply respond politely and say, you know, there's four, five, six different church plants in New Caney and Porter, uh, and we're all still in the same place. There's just nothing there. Like, if there was something there, somebody would have grabbed onto it. Somebody would have done something. But it's just, there's nothing there. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me in the beginning of the year and said, stop cursing I I just need one. I'm not that thirsty. Thank you. Brandon, always more than enough. Thank you. And I said, but God, like it's not there. And he said, but I've told you you're going to possess it, so it has to be there. I just haven't given it to you yet. And so I retracted my statement and said, okay, I'll change my language. And from now on I'll say, We just haven't found it yet. Oh, it's there. He just hasn't given it to us yet. Because by faith, I believe he will. It will come to pass because we partner with God and see it done and he has promised it. But I, I used to, there's no building, there's no, the land's too expensive, all these different things. All these different problems used to block my perspective of what God was doing. And so just to be honest with you, I had to change some of that and get to a place where I now go, you know what? It's there, he just hasn't revealed it to us yet. It's there, we just haven't taken possession of it yet. It's there, we're still running the play and do everything he's told us to do. But we just haven't stepped into it yet. Why? Because if you allow your problems to block your perspective, you'll never see God for who He truly is. Ephesians 1.3 says, Praise be to the God of our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. you know you have spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms? Blessings that God has stored up for you and wants to give you, but it's a matter of time until we step into them. We can praise God and worship, and believe, and speak above our problems, and change our perspective, and put it more on his promise. Number two, movement isn't always discernible. It's not always discernible. It's not always easy to see. It's not always visible. God and Joshua had this FaceTime call, face-to-face, theophany, Joshua chapter 5. I don't have time to go into it. You can read it later. And it's in that space that now Joshua is aligned with God. He gives him these instructions and he says in verse 3, March around the city, all the armed men, do it for six days, and have them carry all these things and the trumpets. He said, have the whole army give a loud shout. When you hear the long blast on trumpets, shout. Then the wall will collapse. This is one of the formulas God uses. It's a when and then when you do this then god will do that when you obey then god now we don't force the hand of god we don't manipulate the hand of god we don't trick the mind of god but we see often that the bible will say when they did this then god did this when the man stretched out his hand then god healed it when david took the sling and slung the stone then the giant fell When Noah built the ark, then the floods came down and he and his family were protected. There is a when and then that plays into your life as well. So we will be, it'll be said of us that when we had services every Sunday, when we had small groups, when we had things that are moving people's lives forward, when we moved people from where they were to places that God wanted them to be, when we put people on the spiritual journey, then God showed up, then God healed people, then God fixed marriages, then God did amazing things, then God reached communities and brought hope and life. When we did our part, then God stepped in and fulfilled his promise. It's the when and the then that's in the Bible and in our lives too. This is why we need perseverance. So when we have done the will of God, we will receive what he has promised. Six days, nothing happened. If I was walking around that wall, I would have a hard time being a guy not talking. Anybody, don't leave me out here by myself. Hey, Is that a crack in the wall? Is that a crack? Was that there yesterday? Man, it'd be nice if, like, a couple bricks kind of started to fall down a little bit. God gave us a little bit of an idea what He was doing. Like, there's just something about, uh, just God, give me a, give me a glimmer of hope. But what do you do when it's not discernible at all? When there's, there's really nothing to go off of other than you have the promise but you you don't have any proof of the promise this is the way it feels sometimes i read the bible i don't get anything i'm raising my kids i don't see any change i'm paying off debt i feel like i have more i feel like i keep praying and i don't know that my prayers are even being answered it would be so much easier if life was like tetris How many video game fans? I don't play a lot of video games these days, but I remember Tetris. Every time you completed a line on the bottom, boop, it would disappear you score points. You got four of those lines in a row, mega points. Come on, old school, where we at, Tetris fans? Wouldn't life be so much easier if every time you saw that line, like you completed it, boop, boop, boop. But what do you do when it's not even discernible that you're making moves and you wonder, God, where's your reaction? I feel like I'm doing the when, but where is the then? It's a challenge we have in life every day. Walk six days quietly. Build that church. Keep on going. Put your head down. Keep digging in the ground. Keep reaching people. Keep touching people's lives. Keep singing songs. Keep having small groups keep having growth track. keep building dream teams, keep giving people areas to serve, keep giving of resources keep tithing, keep giving legacy offerings, keep doing what he's called you to do and don't be discouraged, keep working on your marriage, keep raising your kids keep showing up every Sunday there is a power in keeping think about it they got up every day and walked around that wall, at first they didn't know the plan Walk the wall. Okay, Joshua, the new guy, he must just be scouting it out. Second day, walk the wall. I'd kind of be embarrassed to go home to Tara. But day three, if I got home and she was like, hey, what'd you do? Did you kill somebody today? Did you take the city? No, we're still walking. Before, I don't know. We just say keep walking. At some point, they had to ask themselves, you gonna to walk today? I might not walk. Think about it. I, I, know I'm, I'm, I know I'm taking like assumptions here, but I'm basing it off of us. You and I. At some point when we don't see God fulfill his promise, we begin to lose heart, hope, and faith. Ah, you know what, God? I'm just gonna sit this one out. this thing what do you do when movement is delayed it's not discernible number three understand movement is developing probably in ways we don't see because God is more concerned about you and your character than you and your comfort God cares way more about developing you as a purpose person developing the plan for you because if he can get you as a person to be faith-filled and obedient plans will just be knocked out over and over and over but if you as a person are filled with mistrust paranoia insecurity unbelief what plan of god could ever be accomplished if that's the way we lead our lives. So, understanding that the development is oftentimes happening in here is wisdom to understand the when and the then. Because those guys had to get up every day and go, okay, I'm gonna walk this wall. I'm walking this wall. Here I go, round in a circle again, walking one more time, going back home, seeing nothing happen to the eyes, but what was happening was on the inside. Faith was being built up, believing. Hey, I remember our parents screwed this whole thing up. That other generation, they, they talked a lot. We've heard those stories. We're going to keep our mouth shut, and we're just going to keep showing up. Maybe it doesn't make sense. Maybe it doesn't add up. Maybe it's not. But we believe that God's doing something through this guy called Joshua, and we just have to keep showing up. Oh, there's power in showing up. There is so much power in showing up. Just show up to your job. Just show up to your marriage. Just show up to your kids. Just show up to the person you're called to be. Just show up to the person God created you to be. Just show up. Just be there. Just be present. Just show up. And when you're there, be all in. God, I'm here to serve. God, I'm here to worship. God, I'm here to parent. God, I'm here to study. God, I'm here to read. God, I'm here to love. God, I am here. I showed up and I am here. There is power when you show up and you position yourself to say, God, it's over my pay grade. Making circles doesn't make sense. But what's happening is happening in here. It's developing you. Oh, sometimes you just feel like you're walking in circles. Any NASCAR fans? See, same guy, both services. (laughs) i don't i'm not a big nascar guy i like a lot of sports a lot of sports making left-hand turns is not my favorite thing to do in life straight left straight make another left straight make another left make another left and you've arrived i had tickets in september to go to the texas motor speedway see the race be down on the grounds walk among the cars be a part of all the festivities. It was only going to be like 109 degrees. Amidst all the cars running, like 4,000 horsepower cars and such. I know this stuff. And I had to pass. It was just, some things you say no to. I couldn't, I couldn't make everything happen. And it was a great gift. And I'm not a big fan, and so it was just one of the things I said, I, I can't make it. But my point is is like, I didn't know much about NASCAR, but I know They go round and round, and every time they go around, there's a little thing that happens in the bottom. See, this is the way sports work. You're in the first inning, you're in the second inning, you're in the third inning, you're in the first quarter, the second quarter, the third quarter, first half, second half. You always have a clock. NASCAR, you have laps. Lap one, boom. Left, 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 lap two. Lap three. All these laps, and you get to the end, and all of a sudden, you see the white flag, correct? the white flag and it tells you it's the last lap and you see these guys just gunning it to get to that checkered flag for the victory if only life was as simple as knowing what lap we were on oh there's the last lap pastor this is the last time we have to meet in this building here we go this is the last time I have this argument with my spouse here we go this is the last time I have to get stuck in this habit here we go This is the last time I have this whole same hang-up in my life, same attitude in my life, same mentality in my life. It's the last time, and I'm on to the next one. Life doesn't work that way. It's not that simple. Why? Because God's more concerned about getting what He's doing through you than you through it. If He was just worried about getting you through it, He wouldn't care about you as much. He cares more about the project. God cares more about the person than the project. So he's working on you. So the project then will be nothing. He's got to get us. Get the promise inside of us. So when we get there, we know who did it. I'm at the point, I'm like, God, I, I, I feel like I got it. I'm never going to forget the miracles you've done to provide, but it happens. I'll tell you how it happens. Like, I, I feel like, God, I'll never overlook that you gave us a building, land, whatever it might be. Like, and, and building land is not the end-all, be-all. It just means we have mortgage payments and more bills. We have a lot of other things going on. That's the goal, but it certainly isn't the final goal. It's just a part of what we do. I think I told you a story not so long ago, but when we first started the church. We were in the school over there and one day somebody backed one of our rolling carts into the water fountain and broke it. Like a little piece like this. Eight foot water, uh, hand washing station, broke it. $7,000 to repair it. God shut the church down and close the doors. We're done. We just started. And three other organizations, Ark. ARC, Journey Church in Kingwood and Declaration Church in Spring all sent us a check. Three checks equaled $7,000 and paid for us to fix the water fountain. The problem is I forgot about it for years. Because if we're not careful we get too focused on what's happening instead of what's happening in us. And when I realized that it, it came my memory one day I was praying and the Holy Spirit was like, hey, it is. And I started putting it together. I was like, I forgot. I felt so bad. I was like, I forgot all about that. And I reached out to those two pastors in that organization and said, I just got to be honest. I thanked them then. I said, but I forgot this. And this was so good. Thank you. It's so easy sometimes to even forget what God has done for us. Would you stay with me this morning? I don't know where everybody's at in life I know some of you there's people here I've never met before people I look forward to meeting you on the way out this morning people that I'd love to shake your hand, get to know you a little bit stop by on the right, buy some new merch it's all good but I promise you there's people in this place that right now you're tempted to give up walk away, give in throw your hands up And you just feel like you couldn't do another lap around those walls it seems fortified it seems like it's just not gonna happen my encouragement to you is to just keep walking don't stand still don't back down don't give up walk this is a walk of faith this journey we're on is movement and the more we keep moving, the closer we actually get. Would you pray with me this morning? God, I pray this morning that you would help us see that inside of our circling and taking laps, you're actually preparing us for what we're going into. Maybe somebody has been using their words to curse their situation and just speak down and be negative. God, put a guard over their mouth now. Just that they're more mindful of what they're saying And the Holy Spirit. Their words are surrendered to you that they would speak life over it. Maybe you're here this morning and you just are so frustrated because you want kids and uh, you're surrounded by other people and they just keep complaining about how many kids they keep having. And you're so frustrated by that. You're hurt by that. God sees that. He knows that. Hold on to that promise. There are so many stories of children of promise in the scripture. My own sister was told she would never have kids and she has three boys right now. If God said it, God can do it. needs healed. Maybe it's your personal walk with God and just your your relationship with Him alone. Don't give up. Don't stop reading, worshiping, studying, believing. Don't give up on those kids. Don't back down from parenting them. Hold the line. Encourage them. Love them. Correct them. Don't give up on your church. Maybe it's not exactly what you pictured and it's not the blueprint you had laid out for us yet out for me sometimes. But I promise you I'm going to keep showing up, keep being faithful, keep holding on, keep on serving. It's easy to start, but can you finish? God, I thank you for the strength, the fortitude to remain strong. In Jesus' name. Just keep your eyes closed for a moment as we close out this service. Maybe here today and you say, today I I want to start i'm not sure where you start with a simple yet significant decision to make jesus lord of your life it's a beginning place for you it's a starting point for you it's a first step for you the step many of us have taken i can remember the day i took it in my life and today it could be the day that you take it in yours today you just say jesus come into my life forgive me i want to be right with you and god begins to show you on your spiritual journey why you're even on this earth if that's you this morning i want to pray with you we had several people raise their hand and give their life to jesus in the first service and i believe somebody's going to hear in this next service as well nobody looking around just you and i it's a private moment if that's you i want to pray with you i'm gonna give you some words to say lead you in a prayer but i really would like to know who i'm praying for and that's you would you just simply shoot your hand up and say pray for me this morning pastor just pray for me pastor just pray for me dave Would you pray this prayer with me? If you're watching online, if you're here in the room, simply say, Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me, making me clean and free from all of my sin. Father God, forgive me. Use my life. I surrender it over to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, come on, church, lift up a shout. Like one of those shouts like you did in the beginning. And celebrate. Not just because of what he's done right now, but because of what he's going to do. There's power in shouting before you see the results. We can live, move, and move, and worship by faith. Come on.